Happy Father's Day. So um, this series is really, was really birthed from this sermon you're going to hear today. I want to talk to men. And I'm going to tell you that a sermon like this is challenging because I, I would never want to paint the picture that Dwayne has it all figured out and that I'm, you know, I've got this life down pat. I'm, next Sunday, I'm going to be 56. I guess. And I'm still figuring it out. And I guess if we were all honest with each other, we're all still trying to figure this life out. And so I don't want you to receive this message today, gentlemen. And oh, by the way, ladies, we're not leaving you out. These principles are true for all of us. But I must tell you that men... I don't know that there's ever been a time in human history when it's been harder to lead as a man. I don't know that there's ever been a time when it's been more challenging to lead. And frankly, we live in a society now that doesn't respect leadership, especially strong Christian male leadership. And so, gentlemen, I, I want to talk to you. You're, and, and so some of you are like, well, I'm, I'm young, I'm not a dad, so you're not talking to me. Oh, I'm talking to you. Some of you are like, I'm old, I've done my job. Nope, nope. We are locking arms together, gentlemen, today. So m- maybe you're here and this is this not your church or maybe you're here and this is your first time, or maybe you're watching us for the first time, I'm going to ask you to let me be your pastor today. And let's lock arms. And let's build our life on something that's solid, that will not wash away. And men, men, it's on us. It's on us to build a foundation for our families. It's on us to build a foundation for our church. It's on us to build a foundation for this community that's solid, that will not wash away. Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. I I need to stop here. Listen, if all you do is come to church and hear an inspirational sermon or a, or a verse or a song and then do nothing with it, we've all wasted an enormous amount of time. What we have to do as men is to take what we learn in this building, what we learn in our daily walk with Christ, what we learn as we live this life and learn more about who Jesus is and how he does things, what we must do is to take those truths and live them out and not just collect them in a journal. It must be reflected in how we live our lives, how we do our jobs, how we raise our families, how we pay our bills, how we... How we live our lives must reflect the person of Jesus Christ. 
You must put them into practice. Who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. How I many know Jesus was talking about himself? Last week, we talked about foundational faith. Before I tell you what we're going to talk about today, I, I want to tell you a story to kind of introduce it. It's kind of a cool story because it happened about 12 miles from here in 1987. Some of you uh, have grown up and been around or lived in Rockdale County, might have heard the name Cleveland Stroud. Some of you have never heard his name, and that's okay. Cleveland Stroud was the first African-American high school basketball and boys basketball coach at Rockdale County High School, just 12 miles from here. A lot of eyes were on him. And in 1987, in his, his 11th year, had a pretty good basketball team. Unfortunately, five of his 15 players became academically un ineligible. And so, following the rules, he suspended them and brought up five JV players. He went on to uh, a, a pretty good season. They went 21-5 and five and qualified for the state tournament. Nobody expected them to win, but um, they surprised and upset the number one team, Bainbridge High School to play for the state final championship. Came back and beat Fulton High School 62-60 to in a come-from-behind win. It was a phenomenal day for Rockdale County High School. Celebrations, you can only imagine. Front page of the paper, you can only imagine. So about a month after receiving the state high school championship trophy, Displaying it proudly in their high school trophy case, Cleveland Stroud was reviewing some of his records before the football season was going to start and realized that one of his players that played in that tournament was academically ineligible. Now, this player, was he played 45 seconds in the first game, scored nothing, and was only in the game because they had a commanding lead in the first game of the tournament was just in there so he could be in there for 45 seconds but was nonetheless academically ineligible so Cleveland Stroud had a choice to make he could either disclose this information to the Georgia High School Association and risk being stripped of that title or he could sit on it you know why because he was the only one that had this information. So after pondering it all weekend, he decides that there's only one choice to make. So he walks into his principal's office, discloses the news to his principal. They in turn disclose it to the Georgia High School Association. And four weeks later, the Georgia High School Association strips Rockdale County High School of their state basketball championship. 45 seconds. Never scored a point. A lot of people pitched a fit because who would have known? It was insignificant. It didn't matter. But it mattered to somebody, didn't it? <laughs> so if you go to Rockdale County High School today and you look at that trophy case, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see a front page 
newspaper with their state high school championship on it. You're going to see lots of pictures from 1987 of this state high school championship, but you will not see a trophy. I'll tell you what you will find if you go to Rockdale County High School is a gymnasium named after Cleveland Strout. Because that day, that year, he won the Conyers Citizen of the Year. He won the Georgia High School Coach of the Year. The International Olympic Organization found out what he did, and their Fair Play Committee awarded Stroud and the school the prestigious Youth Fair Play Award. It's a big deal. Somebody said that reputation is what people think of you, but character and integrity was who you are when nobody else was around. Last week we talked about foundational faith. Today we're going to talk about foundational integrity. Integrity. <laughs> if I were to say that our culture, our communities, our homes, our schools, our government was in need of integrity, would I be understating that? I, I searched and searched and searched for a, a, um, a good definition for Christian integrity. And I, I didn't find one, so I, I wrote one. Um, you don't have room for it in your bulletin, but I'm going to show it to you on the screen. Christian in character, here it is. It's a solid. We should be able to stop there. Don't we need solid? Do we need solid men? A solid, intentional, undivided. How many know the book of James says a double-minded man's unstable in all of his ways? A solid, intentional, undivided effort to live a life that models Christ-like character, biblical ethics, and morality. A life that values truth, honesty, and intimacy with our Savior. That's a pretty good definition, I think. Huh. It's a pretty tall order. Would you agree with that? Yeah. We, we read that and it sounds so good and I wonder, can we? Can we live that kind of life? See, the world around you wants to know who you are. Your integrity answers that question. Proverbs 11.3 says it this way. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity and a double mind. So what I'm going to give you today is maybe four things where you and I, and listen, I, I meant what I said. I want us to lock arms. This is, this is for us. So I'm going to be talking primarily to men, but ladies, this is tr all of these words are true for you as well. But gentlemen, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to lock arms, and this is the kind of men we're going to become. I, can I just speak that by faith? This is the kind of men we're going to become. First thing is we're going to show integrity with our words. Jesus at, t at times was kind and compassionate. And at times, he was very stern. At times, he was very, very stern. And, and he dealt very seriously with untruth. And, and here's how he talked to a group of people that were being untruthful with their words. 
He said in John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the devil. Listen, if Jesus calls your daddy the devil, he's not happy. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. How you know the devil's lying? When his lips are moving. Come on, somebody. When he lies, he speaks his native language. And it's as easy for the enemy to lie as it is for you to speak English. Now listen, this is where it gets kind of challenging for me and you. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Does that mean, am, am, I, am, am I reaching too far to say that every time I speak an untruth with my lips, it had its origin in hell? I love this quote by Mark Twain. Mark Twain says, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And, and what happened to that being a virtue that, that we, we grasped? Man, I remember men from my father's generation. You know what? You would, you would buy an expensive piece of property on a handshake. What, what happened now? I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is if there's anybody that ought to speak truth with our words, it's men who've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. Yes. And, and oh, by the way, we, we seem that it's, we, we've made it okay to grade our levels of untruth and think, well, nobody's getting hurt. Uh, it's just a little white lie it's just a little fib on my taxes it's just i don't really want my wife to know exactly where i was at what happens when we allow something that had its origin in hell to invade our life invade our job invade our finances invade our marriages nothing good happens Can we lock arms, men, and be men of truth? Let's, let's not just say we love God. Let's prove it by the words that come out of our mouth. Listen, wh what happened to the idea that if I tell you I'm going to do something, write it down. It's as good as done. Don't you love that in someone when they say, listen, I'm, I'm going to be there at this time and, you can, and, and it's done. You don't have to think about it. Don't you love people like that? Let's all be people like that. Men, let's lock arms and let's be men who can be counted on as our word being solid. Oh. See, what, what comes out of our mouth matters. What we say matters. And, and it's not just about telling the truth. It's not just about being truthful with, with, with our words. It's about who we impact with our words. Have you seen th that it's easier to be harsh with people who are close to us? When we first planted this church, um, there was a lot of pressure on me and on my family. Still is, by the way. But we had to set up lights and sound and pipe and drape and chairs every Sunday morning. 
And we did that thinking, well, we'll do it for a few months. We did it for six years. And I'm going to tell you, there were Sunday mornings when Dwayne was, oh, I don't know, just a little on edge. <laughs> now, listen, can I just, y'all make fun of me for using the word transparent. You guys would walk in the door, those of you that, that were there then, and I'd paint on a smile. And I'd say, man, it's, we're so blessed to have you here today. And an hour later, I had chewed one of the boys out for doing something silly. I don't want to live like that. I had to apologize to my kids on, on a Sunday morning, on many Sunday mornings, because of what came out of my mouth. And, the, and not necessarily what came out of my mouth, but how it came out of my mouth. And you know what? It's, it's easy to clean up our, our tone with our boss or with somebody that has some authority over you. But when you get in a closed room with, with people who, who you live with, why is it okay? I'm going to tell you why. It's not okay. My wife taught me something. And so I'm going to teach it to you. You can write this down. Sometimes it's not what we say, it's how we say it. Right? And man, can I tell you, our exhaustion, our stress, our frustration with life is no excuse to be harsh with our words. Man, it got quiet in here. It's no excuse. We're better than that. It's not what we say. It's how we say it sometimes. So here's what I want us to do, men. It's to lock arms. And have integrity with our words. And I want to I treat people with kindness. Just because someone, someone's job is is to bring you sweet tea on Sunday afternoon doesn't mean you get to be ugly to them. I don't care if they are slow. You know what you need to be? What I need to be? We need to be Jesus to those people. We need to be Jesus to everybody we meet. And we need to watch what comes out of our mouth. Amen. I'll say it if y'all won't. Was that too bad? That first one? Okay. We need to have integrity with our words. We need to have integrity with our eyes. <laughs> there is, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story, and I've told you before, but it bears repeating. We live in a lust-filled pornographic culture. You know, when I was a teenager, if me and the boys decided we wanted to buy a Playboy magazine, we had to walk into the convenience store and hide. We'd put our sunglasses on, put the hat down. <laughs> How many know all you got to have is a phone? And be nine. 
<laughs> we had this rule in my home. <laughs> the boys are already chuckling because they know this story. We had this rule in my home uh, that, that the, the Internet computer was in an open area, right? That, that's almost an obsolete rule, isn't it? Because the Internet goes everywhere your phone does. But at this point in time, the only Internet we had was at this one computer that was about that big, you know. <laughs> and so we were planning our vacation, and uh, we were going to Orlando, and so we were going to the Kennedy Space Center, you know, and so I typed in kennedyspacecenter.com and bought our tickets. You know, you could still do that back in the day. And uh, we were going to SeaWorld. And so I typed in SeaWorld.com, bought our tickets. The boys wanted to go to a water park. The water park in Orlando is called Wet and Wild. So Dwayne typed in wetandwild.com. It wasn't a water park. I'm screaming at the top of the lungs, boys, turn away! For future reference, it's wetandwild.com if you want to buy tickets to the water park. Now, that's, that's funny. That's funny. But w what if I had been one of my very young children? Man, I, I'm going to tell you that it's, a as we live in this world, the, the things that used to be taboo and the things that used to, to be um, just socially unacceptable are on daytime television. Here's what Job said. Job said in chapter 31, verse 1, I made a covenant my, with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. And I'm going to tell you that's what it takes. It takes that kind of intentionality in this culture. And men, men. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say it's not a deal for, for the ladies, but I'm talking to men. Let's lock arms. Let's be men of integrity with our eyes. Listen, you don't have to go looking for it. Guess what? It's right in front of you. Everywhere you go. Let's make a covenant with our eyes. Married men, listen to me. I'm going to give you a little, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call this. But I, I took some advice years ago from a pastor. If you'll focus every bit of that energy, and I, listen, I know it's Sunday morning, so we, this has all got to be PG-13. <laughs> if you'll focus every bit of that direct, uh, every bit of that energy only in one direction, guess what? She'll become the most beautiful, gorgeous, can I say sexy? <laughs> I, I whispered it so, because, anyway, focus that, it, li, li, listen. Now, now y'all are chuckling, but, but I want you to hear me. Men, that's our job, to protect that, to focus that energy in one direction. Do you know why? Because other young men are watching us, and we cannot afford to fail. 
Here's what Jesus said. Your eye, this is Matthew chapter 6, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, in other words, when you're letting things come in your eye gate that will kill you, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how many know that's what our culture thinks? That this is really, that, that you can fill your eyes, your mind with all of this trash and it, it'll really help you. Here's what Jesus said. It's actually dark, how deep that darkness is. So I get it. It's, it's difficult to be a man of, in, of, of uh, ethics and morals and integrity in this. But guess what? If it were easy, everybody would do it. How about, how about we not ask God to make it easier? How about we ask Him for strong shoulders? How about we ask Him to make us strong men who know how to, to live a life that's pleasing to God and an, as a, an example to a lost and dying world because we can't afford to fail. And see, it's, it's more than just that, the, the images that we see. It's what we focus our lives on. I, I, wish I, would have, I wish I would have originated this statement, but I love this statement. It's you steer where you stare. In other words, what I focus my eyes on is where my life will follow. See, if I'm so consumed with, with a, a successful career, is there anything wrong with having a successful career? No, 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 not at all. But if that's my focus, if that's my center, then, then all of my pursuits will be to that end. If, my, if I focused my mind, if I focused my life on, on a hobby or, or on a, a sport, an activity, that's, all of my life is going to go that direction. And I'm going to tell you that the only thing, the only thing, that is worthwhile focusing your energy and your attention and your focus on and your center on in this life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you, listen to me with all of your heart, if you'll put him first and seek him first and focus your mind and heart on pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ, all the other stuff will take care of itself. I believe that with everything in me. Steer where you stare. So, Maybe this will sum it up. If you want to travel in the right direction, focus on the right things. My friend Zach, where's Zach? He's in the room. My friend Zach let me drive his, I got a couple Zachs. Zach Forster. Let, let me drive his brand new zero turn uh, lawnmower, and it was fun. It was fun. It was like, man, it was just cool. And so we're, I'm cutting this yard with him, and I, I learned all I had to do was watch one thing, the, the track in front of me. If I focused on the track in front of me, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. I just focused on the track in front of me. And I'm going to tell you that if you and I will focus on one thing, the Lord Jesus. Could it be that simple, Dwayne? Well, I, I wonder how many of us have lived our lives focusing on other things and it fell apart. So we're going to lock our arms, gentlemen, and we're going to 
have integrity with our words. We're going to have integrity with our eyes. And we're going to have integrity with our motives. Philippians chapter 2, I, I love this. Do nothing. <laughs> you, you know what nothing means? Nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or, gain, or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. What if? What if, men, we lived lives that weren't trying to step on other people to get ahead? What if we lived lives where we wanted to do, and you can write this down, we wanted to do the right thing for the right reason? Listen, do you, do you want to do your job right so you get a promotion? Or do you want to do your job right because it honors your Heavenly Father? You understand what I'm saying? There's a difference. I don't, I don't want to just love my wife because it's the right thing to do. I want to love my wife because Christ commanded me to love her as, I loved, as he loved the church. I think, we have, I think we have a motive problem. Like as long as I can get what I want, I'll do it. As long as I can get ahead, I'll do it. And I'm going to tell you that, that, that what you and I have got to learn how to do is the right thing for the right reason. And the right reason is always to make him big and me little. If, if I can make Christ increase and me decrease, then I'm moving in the right direction. If I can put other people ahead of myself, then I'm moving in the right direction. I'm not only doing the right thing, I'm doing it for the right reason. And that, that even, it, it, that's, that's true with even stuff you do here at the church. Do we, do we play and sing so you guys can, you know, look at, look at us and go, oh, I wish I could sing like as pretty as Miss Kelly. <laughs> I wish I could play the piano like Miss Donna. You know what? You know what? They're not doing this to show off some talent. How many chances do you get? <laughs> right? There's one goal. And that's to exalt the name of Jesus. Why would, why would Mikey and Jordan get up here and completely humili humiliate themselves and their father? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's pretty funny, wasn't it? Why? Bring a little joy. Come on. Let's do the right thing for the right reason. And lastly, this, this last, you know, I want us to have integrity with our words, with our eyes, with our motives. And with our thoughts. You know, I, I see... A, anybody else tired of Facebook? Or just me? I'm, I'm growing disinterested. You know, uh, I, I still post there. Um, but, but not like I used to. But I see a lot of ladies. They'll talk about how, how they feel... Um, they, they're okay with, with being open about their emotional struggles. Guys won't do that. You know why? Because we're strong. We're solid. Right? We won't do that. We won't share that because that, I guess, shows some kind of weakness. And I'm going to tell you, uh, I've talked to enough men. I've talked to enough pastors. I, I've talked to enough guys just like me. To, you know, sometimes our thought life is just as jacked up as anybody else's. Sometimes we think about the wrong things. Sometimes we let the wrong emotions go on in our heads. Sometimes we let a lot of things go on in our brain. And here's the, here's the dangerous part about us guys is we'll not talk about it. 
(laughs) Philippians chapter 4, listen. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Write this down. A life of integrity begins in the mind. My action, just like I steer where I stare, right? My actions follow my thoughts. That's why the Apostle Paul said things like, we we want you to renew your mind. This process starts in your mind. God's got to give you new thoughts. You've got to have a new thought life because some of us are content with just thinking in a way that we shouldn't think. We, we focus our minds on things that we shouldn't focus our minds on. And that gets us in trouble. Look at what Colossians chapter 3 says. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. I wonder. I wonder how our how our lives would change if we made sure that we were focusing our minds on the right things. Isaiah chapter 26 says, you keep him in perfect peace. Does that sound like something anybody's interested in? Perfect peace? Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. See, I'm I'm convinced that if I focus my mind we read it on, on things of heaven, not on things of earth. Sometimes, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, anybody ever have trouble sleeping? Okay. Um, are you like me, and the reason you have trouble sleeping is because you can't turn your mind off? And it's not necessarily on, on, uh, you know, destructive things. It's just stuff is going on in our mind over and over and over, and you just can't shut it off. Have we created that monster? Have we allowed our lives to be so full of stress and so full of activity that when the time comes to put our head on a pillow, we just can't shut it off? What if, what if we were able to find that perfect peace? Well, the Bible says when we put our minds, cause them to be stayed on Christ. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to give you six paths, six steps down the path toward integrity that we're going to go together, all right? So guys, if you hadn't paid attention now, until now, now I need you to tune in. You ready? First thing is we're going to rely on the Holy Spirit. You will not live this kind of life on your own. I don't care how big and bad and strong you think you are. You're not going to live this kind of life on your own. You've got to have a strong, you've got to have a power that's stronger than you are living inside of you to cause you to be a person who is a, a man of integrity with your words, with your eyes, with your mind, with your thoughts. You've got to have somebody in you that's stronger than you. And is, he has a name and it's the Holy Spirit. And he is absolutely committed to speak. Speaking, he's your great comforter and counselor. He'll lead and guide and direct you if you'll listen. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard for you to listen when you've filled your mind full of all sorts of nonsense. 
It's hard to listen to the voice of the Lord when you've got all these other voices in your head. We talked about that a little bit last week. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Number two. Woo. Determine not to live in boxes. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You are wired, men, for boxes. I will prove it to you. You're watching a football game. Someone else comes to the room and has a conversation with you, and you hear none of it. You might detect that there's some noise that is interrupting the fourth quarter. You know, you know why? Because you're in your football box, right? Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're doing some maintenance on your vehicle, okay? And, and you're focused on that, and you're in your, in your you know, car box. It doesn't matter what else is going on in that house. You're going to hear none of it. You know why? Because you're in your car box. And that's fine. But here's what we can't do. We can't compartmentalize our life so much to where I'm one person at church and one person at school and one person at work and one person at home. You know how I know that's destructive? Because I lived it. I lived it. I've told you my story. I'm not going to bore you with it. I sang on a stage every Sunday and with somebody else on Monday morning. Now listen, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't an awful human being. I was just not the same man. So here's what we're going to do, men. I'm going to be the same guy. You're going to be the same guy at church, at work, at home. We're not going to live in those boxes. We're not going to compartmentalize our, our lives where, you know, we can, we, can go to, we can go to work and act this way. But I wouldn't do that on Sunday morning. No. Nope. Number three, find someone you can be transparent with. Find somebody that you can tell your deepest, darkest, messiest, ugliest secret to. There may not be anything I've said this morning as important as this. And oh, by the way, listen... You're going to push back on this, but I'm, I'm telling you it's the truth. If you're married, that person ought to be your spouse. Will she be mad? Probably. Have the conversation anyway. The minute you start keeping secrets is the moment you start getting sick. It's true. Let's say you're struggling with something. I don't know. I'm, we're all different, so I'm not going to start naming it. And you're like, I just don't know if I can, I don't know if I can say that to her. I'm going to let you know a little secret. She probably already knows. And, and, and besides your wife, do you have a friend that you can, you can just say what you got to say to. If you don't, if you don't have anybody in your life you can be completely transparent with, the enemy is playing havoc in your head. And he's convinced you 
that people won't love me, people won't respect me, people won't whatever the enemy has told you, and they're all lies. When he lies, he's speaking his what? His native language. It's tough, isn't it? Number four, be selfless. Spend more time trying trying to lift somebody up. Spend more time trying to put somebody first. Spend more time trying to serve somebody. Man, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was so overjoyed when I saw some pictures of our brand new youth group walking up and down this street, picking up trash. Can I tell you? There is no greater sermon you can teach to a bunch of young people about what it means to, be, to follow Christ than serve somebody. Somebody you don't know. Man, let's, let's take that as a mantra. Let's learn how to serve. Let's learn how to be selfless. Number five. Oh, Lord, I should have did this one first because you ain't going to like this one. Look over your shoulder. Let me tell you what I mean by that. What if... The person you respect the most were always looking over your shoulder. Would that change what comes out of your mouth? What if every time you have your finger on a mouse, you thought, would I go to this website if my wife were looking over my shoulder? What if that was your thought? What if every time you told a dirty joke you knew that your pastor was looking over your shoulder. And you'd say, well, he told it to me. No, I didn't. Just, just kidding. Not really. I was just, I was just kidding. I was just, I was just kidding, y'all. Don't look at me that way. What, what if? No kidding, no. What, what if the, as we, to keep us from compartmentalizing our life, we make sure that we glance over our shoulder and imagine the person we would least like to see us step out of bounds was looking over our shoulder. That's big. And then lastly, read the red letters. You want to live like Jesus? Swallow his words. Learn more about who he is and how he does things. And you know what you're going to see him do? You're going to see him serve other people. You're going to see him focus on others. All right, I, 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 wanna, I want Donna to come and play. And, and guys, I, I, want you to, I want you to trust me over the next couple minutes. I would love to pray for every man in this room. So here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like every man in this room, and by man, I mean if, if, you're, not, if you're a male and not in kids' church, then you're a man in this room. Is that, is that pretty good? Is that Okay. I want you to stand up and I want you to meet me right here and stand, let's stand across the front of this building. Y'all look at this. <laughs> we are making the enemy mad this morning. So, so let's, let's just take a poll. 
We've talked about a lot of things that integrity looks like, right? Over the last 40 minutes. How, how many of you would say, Dwayne, I, I want to live that kind of life. Just wave at me. Look at that. So listen to me. It, if somebody you love is in this, it, it, they're trying. You know, you know what? I, I look out across this room and you know what I see? I see, I see good men. I see men who are daily doing what it takes to live this life. But I have also glanced across this room looking for a perfect one. They're not here. So I, I get it. When I'm going through this list, I, 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 I hear you. Dwayne, I don't know if I can do that. You can't. You're going to fail. So what happens then? I'm going to read this last passage of Scripture to you. Listen, I, I don't want to fail. I don't want you to. We're broken, aren't we? And sometimes we may not measure up. In fact, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Here's, here's what I want you to hear. Instead of in those moments when you've failed and you've, you've dropped the ball, instead of beating yourself up and letting your, letting your thought life go to how, how bad you are and how you've messed up and how you've disappointed your, your, your family and your church and all that other nonsense, here's what I want you to remember. John said these words in 1 John chapter 2, My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. In other words, let's, let's live a life that's pleasing to God. But if anyone does sin, listen, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. And so here's, it, it, as we lock arms together, here's, here's the commonality that we share. We have fallen on the rock of Christ, knowing He's the only one that can provide a foundation for you and I. And so that's how I want to pray today. I want to pray for men to be men of integrity. And when we're not, that we fall on Christ and Christ alone. Amen? So here's what I want you to do, guys. Let's, let's just lift our hands toward heaven. Ladies that are still in the you ought to stretch your hands toward this beautiful group of men who love God and pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for men who love God. I thank you for men who are living the life, who are walking the walk and talking the talk. And God, I pray that as we, as we endeavor and, and actively live our life to make an effort to live according to your will and according to your word and according to your way god that you would give us supernatural strength to be men of integrity that you would help us say no to the things we need to say no to and yes to the things we need to say yes to god that you would give us supernatural strength to live our lives as an example of the work of christ and what he's done in our lives god help us be an example to the next generation who desperately need models and fathers who point the way toward Christ and holiness and righteousness. We need you, Jesus, to help us be men of character, men of integrity, men of reputation, and more than anything else, men of God. Would you raise us up to, to a higher standard? Help us live a life 
God, that models Jesus, the work that He's done in us and through us. And when we sin, remind us that we have an advocate whose name is Jesus. He is our rock. He's our foundation. And it's in His name we pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, I want you to offer the Lord an ovation of praise for His goodness. Yes. Amen. 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 God bless y'all. Have a great afternoon. There's donuts and black rifle coffee. Come on, somebody in that back, that back table. Have a great afternoon.